Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the International Hangover episode of the Cloudcast. <laughs> We're coming to you from the Citrix Partner Summit in Orlando, Florida this week, and um, we're now just one month away from our annual donut run, a.k.a. the Krispy Kreme Challenge. So we've got a long way to go uh, to make our 2014 goal of $5,000 raised for the North Carolina Children's Hospital. So any donations are greatly appreciated. Just go to thecloudcast.net and click on the Donate button in the upper right-hand corner. And we're accepting both personal and corporate donations. And so with that out of the way, on to our guests for tonight. Um, I have today two CEOs of very unique cloud partners uh, and, and consultant organizations. So first off, continuing our 2014 string of guests from Canada, um, <laughs> Ian Ray with CloudOps. Uh, Ian, how you doing? And quick introduction. Uh, doing great. Um, excited to be here. Uh, been, uh, been doing cloud stuff now for, uh, I'd say, about seven years. Uh, so we were very early movers, especially for, for a Canadian company. Um, and as a result, I've been doing a lot of work internationally, uh, building cloud solutions. Uh, and I think one of the things that sort of differentiates us is we sort of stick around to help with the operations. Um, you know, one of the reasons we're called cloud ops is uh, we believe building it is fun and interesting and great, but really uh, we're, we're concerned about the rubber hitting the road and being sort of long-term viable uh, solutions. Um, so that's that's really what we do. And thanks for having me. Awesome. And. From London, we have Giles. Sir- Go on, can you pronounce it? Sirrit. 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 Every school teacher I know, I've I know. ever had has got that wrong. I told you that five minutes ago. I know, exactly. I forgot already. <laughs> Canadians get it right because we're a colony, right? So right. That's yeah, exactly. We'll have a chat about that later. <laughs> right. Right. So, and America was at one point, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, CEO of Shapelu, and actually, not Cloudcast alumni. But the last time you and I were together was at Synergy last year, and we yeah, recorded the yeah, Hangover yeah. edition of Engineers Unplugged That's right. That's for right. Cisco and Amy Lewis. And so, and I did have a proper hangover yes. that day. And just for the record, Aaron, I just want to point out that I haven't got a hangover today. <laughs> yeah, I it's do. one of the few times I've no, seen you at a conference in shocking. the That's last me. few You're hungover <laughs> as well. I feel absolutely fine today. But if, yeah, I'll pretend I've got a hangover no. if, you, if you want me to. And, and uh, just a quick story. Um, so, yeah, if you get a chance, go check Engineers Unplugged. We did a very nice cloud workload video, uh, and it's actually done re- really well. But we we were we were we under were, the weather. Yeah, um, yeah. I had a six a.m. finish and then a nine a.m. start yeah. with you on that. And this is this is actually yeah, great. This is take two to give everyone the backstory of all of this. We were going to do this earlier in the morning, and uh, unfortunately, I walked about halfway here and forgot the microphone and had to walk all the way back and get the microphone and I just was not I was fuzzy and halfway here is like the length of <laughs> yeah. the world's biggest 20 minute hotel walk and that's a heavy microphone to carry yeah. Yeah. All that way. in the rain Ugh, have you got a photo of that microphone on the website anyway? oh yeah because people need oh, yeah. to see that microphone yeah. <laughs> so let's go to the first topic so first of all both of you are very unique and you're not your typical um, partners you know Citrix or otherwise um, you've both made very conscious decisions to kind of branch out beyond standard reselling, box pushing, even providing some professional services here and there, and specifically focus on cloud computing. Um, So tell us a little bit 
if you don't mind, both of you just take a turn of what's the background, what made you get into it, what made you kind of take that big leap way back when? Yeah, right? yeah sure. So, I mean, I, I suppose in a, in a way the background of Shape Blue is about my background that I had a company before, which is a, a managed service provider, an outsourcing company, and a, I sold that business about three years ago. And um, you know, one of the last projects we undertook was to do some what we what we call then data center automation, uh, which has since be- become generally accepted as you know the foundations of cloud. And I saw a real gap in terms of you know, there's a whole bunch of guys around talking about cloud. It was the next big thing, but there's a real lack of skills and a lack of understanding around all these new ideas we've got. I mean, everybody knows the the headlines around security issues, data storage issues, etc. But this is sort of grassroots stuff in terms of understanding horizontal scale, understanding uh, you know, HA being done at the app layer, etc., etc. People just didn't get it. So I went out and built a, a very, very specialist pure play cloud consultancy, small SI, took that out to the market, had no idea whatsoever whether it was going to be successful or not because there wasn't really a market at, at that stage. And that was two years ago, and we haven't looked back since. Yeah, that's us. Ian, tell us about yeah, so I mean, my background's really in, in web operations. I would say I started my career in corporate IT, but very rapidly in the late nineties, as as, uh, as the web started to take off, got into got into web operations, and um, sort of around maybe two thousand five, I was doing some consulting on web operations and realized that uh, all these companies are building these amazing applications, web applications, and they're really struggling with sort of reinventing the wheel of infrastructure. Uh, to, to deliver software as a service, e-commerce, etc., and so I set out to build uh, build sort of turnkey infrastructure solutions. Found out very quickly from the market that they were like, "That's great. We want that sort of already engineered solution that's supportable and uh, and is going to sort of you know uh, th- that's going to meet the, meet the needs of sort of a web scale application." But then they started coming back to me and say, "Look, we want we want you to stick around and help us run that infrastructure because we want to focus on developing the software." And so we want you guys as a partner for that. So that was really the genesis of, uh, um, you know, it was really web infrastructure and operations. And, uh, and then very early on, um, you know, in, in 2006, uh, 2007, we started working with Amazon because uh, it was really, uh, all of our customers had the same problem is they, they either had too much infrastructure or too little. Um, and when you're, when you're a software as a service or e-commerce company, you know, you're very cost of goods sold sensitive and, um, there was this, uh, you know, and people, you know, the, the owners of these companies would, or, or the, uh, the the guys in charge of of, um, of making a decision about infrastructure, were not sleeping well at night because they were like, you know, tomorrow we may have too many users and we're going to melt down, and and others who were like, wow, you know, we just spent a whole lot of money. Are we going to be able to ramp up our user base enough to be able to support that? And so we started doing these hybrid cloud solutions where we have sort of the on-premises web infrastructure. And then uh, it combined that with Amazon, and then we started to realize that man, we really need APIs similar to what Amazon has yeah, yeah. on on that on that on-premises infrastructure. And I think that was sort of we were at the genesis of private cloud and hybrid cloud. Uh, man, we got torn torn to pieces by a lot of people for using those words. I'll tell you, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying private cloud doesn't exist, and others were saying, you know, uh, hybrid is complete BS. Everybody's going to go public, um, and there's some, you know. Some guys still around who, you know, some of them have changed their positions on that. Um, but it's been an interesting journey and uh, definitely uh, definitely having a lot of fun. 
had a lot of fun doing these. We all are. I think, I think you know, Giles and I probably wouldn't be in this if we weren't, you know, suckers for, you know, interesting, exciting, um, and unpredictable uh, well, business models. And we're cloud models, buddies, right? right? We only know <laughs> each other because yeah. of the cloud. Exactly. Well, and, and I would add this, too. So it very much seems like, from hearing both of that, that... It almost starts out as, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's very user-centric, it's very operations-focused, and that goes to kind of a, a follow-on of who are the main kind of buyers and influencers of technology these days? Because the trend I'm kind of noticing, and you were actually, we were talking about this earlier, yeah, is it almost seems like the, the purchasing habits and the decisions in the organization for architecture is almost changing as well. It yeah, used to be a very top-down kind of thing, and it almost seems to... I wouldn't say necessarily always bottom-up, but certainly, you know, architects are starting to, hey, go evaluate solutions, and, and actually people starting to look at it from an operations standpoint as opposed to, hey, I can get this the cheapest, right? And is that true? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's um, completely what I've seen, Aaron, since, since, since uh, doing this thing is, you know, so, talking earlier about the business I used to run before, which is a very traditional IT outsourcer, and I'd be there with my sales manager, sales director, saying, let's find the CIO in this organization. We need to go in at the top. We need to go at that. that, that. That's how we're going to sell. We're going to knock down CIO's doors. Who's your champion? Exactly, the, uh, exactly. Let, let's get executive buy-in, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. We started Shape Blue and started doing that and trying to knock down some CIO doors. And we started talking about private hybrid cloud. And they started going, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Oh, can I say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. Uh, so decided to sort of uh, right. take a slight course correction. And, you know... It, we typically engage uh, with with architects, with system engineers, with somebody who's been given the task to go and check this new shiny thing out. I mean, like any other business, we will then try and move up through through the organisation. But uh, the first port of call we're getting is, you know, it's a very technical sell. Uh, it's you know, it, it it's not necessarily an executive decision at the first pass. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a much lower level decision. So that's a massive change, I think. Yeah, I'd echo that. I mean, we've seen the same thing. Um, I mean, we've you know, because we came from sort of the web uh, from, from the from the web ops background. Most of our early customers were actually SaaS, e-commerce, etc. So it was already a very technical sale. But as soon as we started working more with enterprise, um, the it was really the, uh, the, the 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 CTO or the architect or even the developers yeah. um, who were who were typically doing stuff that you know enterprise IT wasn't even aware of they had actually already gone to enterprise IT they'd already had that conversation about you know how can you support you know the uh, the development work we're doing on our you know next generation product or and they say come back in six months right well exactly yeah and so then they started working on what's our own solution that and often we've seen a lot of Amazon adoption as a result of that but th that's also sort of the the, 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 um, the door that's open for us. And then uh, we can go in and prove something on a small scale and, and get results, and then that starts to go up the chain and sort of you know get gets more uh, more visibility at a high mm -hmm. level. Do you do you both find it's more of like it's, it's almost like the beachhead thing of yeah find that small project, get in there and grow. <sighs> okay, I don't think so much for us because people people are coming to us because they you know they have a desire to do some sort of private or hybrid cloud. Uh, and that's often being driven by the fact they want to align with the concept they may be buying public cloud services at, sure. at some point in the future. So, no, nor normally with us, it's that there's there's a significant set of requirements there already. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're you know we're, we're we're a very specialist play integrator. We're not interested in 
the other angle, other core dark corners of their business, we, we build IaaS cloud infrastructures. That's right. what we do. Uh, so no, maybe not so much. What are you, Ian? You well, I mean, it depends on the size of the organization. I think uh, with really large enterprise, you know, we've definitely been coming in working with a smaller group, and then uh, you know, it's it's taking years for for some of those projects mm. to even be, um, you know, because they're they're just being added to you know uh, billions of dollars worth of IT investment, and they're you know, they're used to having sort of incredible heterogeneity of of of, uh, of IT infrastructure. Um, but there, those those projects are those divisions that are starting to adopt cloud are starting to outcompete and prove themselves within those organizations, and, and that's great. With sort of the more mid market, I, I, I agree with Giles. We're starting to we see companies who are like, you know what? We've looked at how how we can approach things, and we've decided that the that the that the approach for us is going to be a, a, a private cloud, hybrid cloud, usually hybrid cloud, usually usually at least at least in the last couple of years. The recognition that um, most strategies are going to be a combination of, uh, of on-premises and and, uh, and public cloud resources, right. and they need a, a partner who really can can put together a solution that integrates those so that they work today, but also so that there's a there's a roadmap for making sure that yeah, that's a, sure. a sustainable solution yep. for the next you know three five years. Yep. And, and so since you guys are kind of tip of the spear, if I say if I use that term right, and and. You're also coming into the organizations a lot of times differently and at different layers. What do you do? You guys think that you tend to see like the technology trends, the business trends that are out there much faster than most of the others. And do you always like? Do you sometimes end up taking that back to the vendors and kind of go, "Hey, vendors, you're doing it wrong." <laughs> we do. We, we go back to vendors and tell them they're doing it wrong all the time. Yeah. Um, We're never really out of their office. You know? <laughs> Um, I mean, what are we doing here after yeah, all, right? Where's the show? Yeah, where I'm going with that is, is you know, it, very much like, are you guys kind of the weather vein, probably more so than a lot of other partners uh, in taking feedback? You know, that, that's, that's a really interesting point, because yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, you have to get some perspective on it here that, you know, there's so much hype around cloud in private cloud in organizations. There's people talking OpenStack, CloudStack, all these different technologies. It's still a relatively niche play. Yeah, there, there's, you know, there, there, there's a lot of people talking about it. If somebody says it's a bit like high school sex. A lot yeah. of people talking about it, but nobody actually doing it. Can right. I say that on your yes. show? Peter, Peter Ulander already did. Oh, did he? Yes. And probably a whole <laughs> <Yeah>. lot more. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Coolest man in cloud, my ass. <laughs> no, you're cool, Peter, if you listen. Uh, but no, you know, it is, it's, it's still uh, a relatively niche thing. It, I, we're, I mean, we're thoroughly expecting 2014 to that, that, that to change a lot. So yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, we act as a, a barometer of what's going on. And, you know, I've seen our sales pipeline over the last uh, three months starting to fill up with a lot more solid enterprise stuff. And this isn't just you know, the DevOps guys in an organization. This is production infrastructure. Uh, so we start to sort of pick up those movements uh, a, a little bit, probably, probably ahead of the curve. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think sort of when, even when I started the company, the, the, um, the, the, the long-term plan was that the enterprise was going to basically become webified and that enterprises would become uh, enterprises would become software companies they would start relying on HTTP and restful APIs and and uh, and web services and I think you know at that time cloud didn't really exist and as cloud started to develop uh, we started to integrate that with our vision and um, and I think what we're seeing today is um, 
uh, you know, yes, we're, you know, CloudOps is definitely sort of, uh, we're, we're talking with the, the innovators, we're talking with the, the enlightened IT uh, organizations, uh, the ones that have already realized that, um, that, that they need to start opening up to sort of a more flexible, you know, self-service, you know, on-demand, more granular sort of uh, metering and, and cost accounting of resources. And that's a, that's a huge shift, and it's going to take a really long time for this to happen. Um, and we're okay with that. Um, and if you look at sort of, I think, both of our organizations, we're not huge companies, so there's really only so much we can do in any given month. So I'm, I'm happy that, you know, it's, it's, uh, that, 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 that it's not uh, all changing overnight, I think, uh, and it's unrealistic to think enterprises are going to yeah. transform I mean, this overnight. is massive organizational change yeah. we're, we're talking about. It's not just the technology piece. And also, you know, a whole load of incumbent technology that has to be transformed. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight. Now, let me ask you this. So as we kind of move into this world where you definitely have on-premise kind of resources and a lot more and more so we're going to off-premise public cloud kind of... Are actually cloud providers looking to build a channel program? Like, are, do they want to work with y'all or is it more of the, we want to go directly to the users and have them pull out their card and that's it? I, right. I, I think it's very much the latter. Okay, so getting that whole thing about what is cloud and what have you, but you know, that, that, the classic concept of a service provider or a telco selling some sort of SaaS or IaaS uh, offering, yeah, they, they want a direct route to market, right? It's like the, like, it's like the airline selling direct to the passengers. What, whatever happened to travel agents? Do they still exist? Right. Yeah, there's some here and there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even way back when, I mean, I remember, I used to be a, a Microsoft partner, and we used to sell a whole load of Microsoft licensing, and suddenly seeing, hold on, we've got a software vendor here, and then now selling an online service to their customers, and I was being told, Office, oh, 365, Office, yeah, yeah. BPOS, it was called at the time, right. business productivity online suite, which nobody knew what the fuck that was <laughs> at the time, but then they called it Office 365, but yeah, that's the point. And, and, and just by definition, that's a channel-removing play, right? Yeah. And so SaaS, why, okay, you might have some, some guys helping you promote it or something, but the customer can go and buy it. And, you know, Amazon, have Amazon developed any sort of channel? I don't They believe. They have some partners, but not... Well, that's more a technology capability yes. partner, is it? Yeah, they, they've, got, they've got partnerships. Are you one by chance? Yeah, we are an Amazon partner. Okay. So you are uh, an Amazon. And okay. we have been for a long time, but mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say that... Uh, Amazon is a particularly partner-friendly company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not. They're uh, they're in the business that they're in, and then you know if there are partners there who you know develop solutions with their stuff or help them get more customers, well then great. But uh, sorry, which <laughs> which vendor are you talking about? Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Yeah, okay. yeah, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, just I, check I, it. I agree. I think. I think. Look, this is a this is something that is. Uh, it's a. It's a. Um, uh, there's a disintermediation going on uh, of the channel. Uh, the channel's being sort of cut through. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people are scrambling to invent these cloud brokerage models so that they can reinsert themselves into the into the buying process. And I, I haven't seen a huge amount of success around that, but it's certainly a, there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of talk about it. I think in theory it makes sense because. There's not going to only be one cloud service provider. There will be multiple cloud yeah, service yeah, yeah. providers. And uh, for an organization to meaningfully consume multiple cloud services, it's a very complex proposition today because each cloud service provider has a different has different role-based access control, has different cost models, has different 
you know, usage models and all that. So there is a role there that, 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 uh, to be had, but I don't think, uh, I think there's going to be a huge collapse of the, uh, the, uh, the, the revenues that the, that the channel has historically uh, yeah. been able to enjoy. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I ultimately see the change in the IT industry is going to be absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's, look at the role of something like a distributor who sits in front of a, a typical reseller. Those guys only three years ago had boxes of CDs and DVDs on their shelves. They distributed stuff, yeah. right? So they, they now go through the era of doing licensing. And now what? You know, wh- where, where's, it, where's it going sure. now? You've got a, a vendor, or the large vendors with cloud services. Where, where's the room for organizations like that? And yeah, it's I, not I a bad say, thing. The, the, the box vendors, the box pushers, uh, distributors um, have, have all got to be... Uh, you know, they, 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 they all better be pretty concerned right now. I think a lot of them are. Um, uh, but, you know, again, like enterprise is not changing its behavior in an incredibly fast way. So you still have the purchasing departments. You still have the culture of enterprise, uh, enterprise buying behavior. Yeah. And uh, that, it's going to take, take five to ten years for, for this transformation to take place. Um, but directionally, I, I think we're, we're seeing a uh, we're seeing that the channel is going to change enormously, and it's mainly going direct. And I don't see cloud ops as being channel. Actually, I mean, I, I see us as enabling the transformation. Yeah, I, um, I have the same view of us. And, and we may do certain activities in certain cases. We will partner. We will resell. But um, but we don't really see that as sort of the future of our business. We yeah. just see it as sort of a means to the present end. And, and we, we play very much the same way in, in, in terms of, you know, when we started doing this, all the vendors got straight on the phone and said, hey, you're unlocking all these cloud projects. You want to be a partner of ours? And, you know, there, there was a side of me thinking, hey, I could make a whole load of money out of this. There's some pretty significant projects. But then actually what my customers really want is a trusted advisor, somebody who can pull all this stuff together. They don't want somebody who's going to push them in a particular direction of one storage technology over another if that's not an important part of what we're doing for you. Mm-hmm. And I think generally probably in the industry, you know, it's so easy to buy services now that, you know, that, that trusted advisor piece, uh, you know, Vendors used to call people like us value-added resellers, and as I, like you, you know, I think of us as a reseller. We we do a bit of reselling, say Citrix technology and what have you, but we're not really a reseller. We're we're adding value to our customers. We're helping them with their with their transformation. Uh, Your business model isn't to grow the quantity of SKUs you sell, correct? And that's really this traditional VAR model, right? You're, you're a services company, and that's you're going to grow yeah. your services revenue and your solutions yeah. and your and your IP well, and, and your and training. And, and we that. will sell, you know, we will sell some people software. We we maybe you know we'll, we'll sell some different pieces of infrastructure to people, but that's not what's driving us. What's driving us is the ability to to help those customers with that change. Sure. And and I'll add, I'll add this then too. On that same note, how does open source software? impact all of this as well is that i mean obviously it's a focus for you giles absolutely and you as well and 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 but is that something other partners will embrace and i think is that yet another i don't don't want to say nail in the coffin by any means but is that yet another data point of the change in the industry yeah i mean there's some crazy change going on you know Ian, Ian and I are both involved in the same technology space. We both focus heavily on Apache Cloud Stack and also the Citrix Distribution Cloud Platform, which are two very similar technologies. So we actually sort of see those decisions being made about people wanting to buy, if there's such a concept, an open, or utilize an open source technology or, 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 a, or a vendor version. And 
And I, th- I think what I see certainly is that different people, different organisations have different priorities around that. So a lot of organisations, a lot of those ones we're talking about for next year, these, these standard enterprises, yeah, they would never adopt an open source technology. They're not, they're not going to, despite the fact probably every web server they've got is Apache web server. Right. CIO doesn't know about that. Right. right. But, uh, uh, and then other organisations... And, and let me ask you, so real quick, let me ask you this though. Is the enterprise not necessarily looking at open source or wanting to adopt open source, at least at the higher executive level, is it mainly around the support issues and the one-throat-to-choke mentality and the, the, the idea of a product that is supported versus an open open source project that has a community-supported model? And, oh, and is that why they ultimately come to you guys? I think it's an education and a fear okay. thing. It's a FUD yeah. thing. Okay? So you know, using that example, how many enterprises haven't got... Apache web server somewhere in their organization. We all know they have, okay? But then on the same hand, you, you hear people in organizations saying, well, we're not going to put something into our data center unsupported. It's like, you know, <laughs> so how are you looking after that open source technology? I think it's, that's, there's a big cultural uh, challenge there in enterprise. And while, yes, they all have open, they're all running open source, um, I think if you look, just look at the buying behavior and sort of how, how those sort of buying decisions get made, there's still... It's still sort of set up for the most part in the favor of the proprietary vendors who, um, who obviously have um, a very particular sort of method of, of selling into, into the enterprise. So, but I think the, the open source adoption, it's inexorable. Um, I think we've actually sort of stepped it up to a new level. It's something when I got into this, I didn't really have a, I think, I, th- I thought I understood open source back in say 2005 through, through maybe 2008, 2009. Uh, looking back, I, I think I, I really didn't. Um, what I didn't see was sort of that, um, and what I truly believe today is that is that um, is that computing platforms are are going open. They're going open in terms of um, in terms of open source. They're going open in terms of uh, open architecture. And um, if you look at sort of a lot of the movement towards open open source hardware design, yeah. that's happening. Um, you're also seeing, you know, openness uh, being mandated in terms of APIs. You've got consortiums of buyers now getting together and telling the industry, "We're not going to buy your stuff unless you open it up in these certain ways." And, and obviously, the networking industry is, is 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 not too happy about that right now. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, I think it's very exciting. I do think, you know, open source is the future of platforms, and it's uh, it's also going to reduce the the overall cost of goods sold in running infrastructure and enable sort of, you know, next generation applications. Uh, ironically, many of which are proprietary and delivered as software as a service. Um, yeah. And ultimately, I think the end users and the business don't really care because the business value, they care about the business value. Right. But if you look at sort of from the infrastructure side, what they care about is low cost of goods sold. They care about flexibility, scalability, long-term supportability, and, and they want to avoid lock-in. And yeah. so... I think uh, we may see that in platform as a service. That's an area I'm tracking pretty closely right now. Is is uh, you know at what point will sort of you know we've already seen it in in, uh, in infrastructure as a service. I think, and in terms of platform as a service, I'm very curious to see in the next year or two how things shake out in the proprietary versus open source paths uh, vendors. Sure. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, like you, I mean, I'm completely new to the open source. I've only been involved in the last couple of years in this project, and. You know, a couple of key things I've seen is, first of all, yeah, it's, it's very easy to sit and say, okay, you know, this is open source, it's lower grade, it's not, enter- I hear those words, enterprise grade, what's that meant to me? Enterprise grade. Uh, actually, you think about it, you're, you're talking about a technology that 
can't be unduly influenced heavily by a particular vendor. Uh, a technology that, if you're a customer and you need features, you can just go and build them, or you can hire somebody like me and Ian to go and build them for you. Uh, a technology that's more than likely to be under some governance model of something like Apache or Linux or, or what have you, who, you know, look back in terms of, take this specific example of Apache, look, look back on what they've delivered over the years, <laughs> some of the world's greatest pieces of software, you, you know, and these things have hung around for a long time, I think because they're open source. And I agree with you on your point, Ian, in terms of, yeah, moving, moving up the stack, what we're seeing going on in PaaS is where it's at for us at, at the moment. Uh, certainly coming back down to infrastructure, I think it needs to be open source, infrastructure as a service, because ultimately what it's doing is taking a whole load of boxes, a whole load of networking and storage and, and compute and presenting it as a service at the front. It's therefore got to support the latest hypervisor, the latest whatever come, comes along, and it's got to be easy for the, the vendors or whoever the providers underneath it to be able to contribute and, and, and make their, their stuff work right. with it. And uh, no single vendor has the interest in making that correct. happen. Correct. Right. So <laughs> right. You, it's really exactly. it's the only way. Exactly. The only the yeah. only way yeah. is yeah. is this. And so yeah, I mean, I, I I think we're excited about it. I mean, from it, it was eye opening for us when we started contributing. Um, we started building uh, software. I mean, some of the first stuff that we built was actually integrating some OpenStack and CloudStack components. Interestingly, we showed up at an OpenStack conference uh, to present this. I think a lot of people took a dim view of it because they just wanted to see sort of everything OpenStack, but I think it, it shows you some of the power of, of openness is that you can take different open source projects, you can graph them together. Uh, I know Randy Bias called that, uh, I think he recently called uh, what Disney was doing a Franken cloud, but I actually think that's that's what cloud is. Right. Cloud allows you to have, to, to add a sort of all these, you know, very discrete services all running alongside each other and then gives you the APIs where you can then go and wire up all these services together. If you look at how Amazon builds stuff, I mean, Amazon doesn't use the same technology or architecture for each of its services. No. But um, if you look at sort of what they, what they care about is making sure that you can take these building blocks and you can put them together and create sort of higher order complexity and also higher order value services out of those fundamental pieces. And I think, uh, I think for that reason, open source will is the only way to to solve this you can't a, a single vendor cannot uh, cannot yeah. cannot actually execute on it. And, and what's what's interesting for me is i think you know rolling forward a lot of the the, the big well-known vendors will, will will start to do you know a red hat style play in terms of you know something that's based in open source and creating their own distribution or their own value proposition on, on top of it. And what's going to be really interesting is seeing how a lot of these other vendors actually approach that because, you know, working in an open source community is a different way of working from a, a you know, a, a traditional development environment. So it's going to be really interesting to see over the next few years, you know, as more and more of the big name vendors embrace open source projects, how they actually engage and how they leverage it to make money as well. That's a great point because the, the traditional approach has been embrace and extend. If you look at what vendors do, exactly. they, they get a standard, they work together on a standard, and then the, it's a race to whoever can take that standard, uh, sort of get it out there, and then extend it enough to provide sufficient lock-in to build a business, right? So you got things like Active Directory that are, yes, you know, it, it, it can provide LDAP services, but, you know, once you start using Active Directory, good luck sort of moving to some <laughs> other, uh, you know, right. some other LDAP uh, service. So I think Embrace and Extend, I sort of echo that. I'm not sure how the vendor strategy around open source is going to, uh, 
I, I think they're all trying to figure it out right now. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, a lot of them getting it wrong. Yeah, I, yeah, TBD. Yep, yeah. yep, I agree. All right, guys, so we are out of time for this week. Um, Ian, where can everyone find out more about your company and what you got going on? Uh, well, we're at cloudops.com, and I'm, uh, I'm Ian Ray on Twitter, I-A-N-R-A-E, and um, that's probably uh, the best way to start. Awesome. Giles, where can everyone find out more about you and what you got going on? Shapeblue.com, and that's, uh, just to be clear, shape as in the circle, blue as in the, in the color, or at shapeblue on Twitter. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you very much for your time this week. If you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything cloudcast. Thanks for listening.